The Nature of Man A central error of humanism and modernism has been its belief in the natural goodness of man. By its failure to take into account the fact of the fall, humanism has been unable to cope effectively with the problem of sin. It is consistently added to man's predicament by ascribing evil to the environment rather than to the heart of man, and it has been unable to penetrate man's psychology because of its willful blindness. On the other hand, too often Christian orthodoxy has erred by so overstressing man's depravity as to assure virtually the natural depravity of man. The depravity of man is a real and ugly fact, nor can the evil in man's heart be underrated, Genesis 6.5. The penalty for man's fall was and is death, Genesis 3.3. In the sight of God, man is judicially dead. Moreover, man is psychologically dead in that he cannot of himself receive God's life-giving salvation. He is incapable of self-salvation. He is, in St. Paul's phrase, dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. As St. Paul told the Colossians, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Colossians 2.13 Of this verse, Calvin said, We know that men cannot live otherwise than by cleaving to their God, who alone is their life. Hence it follows that all wicked persons, however they may seem to themselves to be in high degree, lively, and flourishing, are nevertheless spiritually dead. Only God's regenerating grace can quicken them i.e. restore them to life, and to that relationship to God which is the essence of life. Granted all this, it still cannot be asserted that sin is the natural or basic condition of man. We are told that God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Genesis 1.31 And this is certainly true of man. Sin is not man's natural condition nor his nature. Rather, sin is a deformation of man, a fatal cancer which sentences man to death and to misery. Thus, while sin is the condition of fallen man, the basic nature of man is good because it is God-created. Man is naturally good and historically and presently fallen, sinful, and depraved. Precisely because sin is an unnatural and alien fact, it is therefore destructive of man, and it is a deforming hardship for man. Even as health is easier to live with than a fatal cancer, so covenantal faith and obedience is an easier and happier way than sin. Sin is no more pleasant or happy a fact than such a fatal cancer. It is an oppressive, killing fact. It is a mistake to assume that particular sins are enticing. On the contrary, sin is the means to an end, a price paid to try to gain a goal, and the goal is to be as gods, or God, knowing, or determining, good and evil. Genesis 3.5 The immediate and particular act of sin, theft, adultery, murder, false witness, rebellion against parents and against authority, or any other sin, is an outward expression of an inward condition, a defiance of God, and a supplanting of his law with man's will. Thus, the real enticement is not a particular sin, but the principle of sin, the desire for autonomy from God. Each man then, according to his taste, picks an area in which to assert an already claimed autonomy. The particular sins will be more readily surrendered than the principle of autonomy. What Adam and Eve desired when they took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not a particular fruit which they were intensely hungry for, but rather an autonomy from God's law and the fancied right to be their own gods. The enticement offered by the tempter was not a choice fruit, but the opportunity to be their own gods, Genesis 3.5.
Similarly, in very many cases of adultery, the affair is carried on with a person less satisfying than the marital partner, and at a considerable cost. The appeal is the principle of sin, not the sexual partner. Morton Hunt's study of The Affair, 1969, while dedicated to the new morality, witnesses to this aspect of adultery in spite of itself. Adultery is usually a highly unhappy affair, but it is a way of asserting a defiance of morality and affirming liberation. J.D. Unwin, in Sex and Culture and Hopousia, saw Christian sexual regulations as basic to a high civilization, but also as difficult for most men to maintain without serious breaches. He was unduly impressed by the difficulties of chastity. The difficulties of unchastity are the real and impressive ones. Since the natural condition of man is wholly good, not only is the fall and sin a perversion, deformation, and misery grafted into man, but every particular act of sin is an illustration of that same sickness. Man prospers in faith and obedience, because the covenant of God, and man's obedience to the law of that covenant, is the created purpose of his being. Man suffers in sin and prospers in righteousness. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, Psalm 104.16, and vitality is inseparable from his righteousness. Those who see sin as a perpetually powerful and inescapable factor, even in the redeemed man, are thus guilty of misunderstanding scripture. While man does not overcome sin entirely in this life, man's growth in sanctification means the steady decline and mortification of sin within him. Just as man's restoration to physical health means the decline of sickness or disease in his body, so man's regeneration and sanctification in Christ means the progressive decline of sin in his heart. The condition of man was thus an original righteousness of which original sin is a deformation and a destruction. Sin is spoken of as death in Scripture, because man, having been created by God for his sovereign purpose, is only truly alive, free, and able insofar as he is in obedience to God, and is dead in trespasses and sins whenever he is separated from God. Very simply, life is righteousness, and sin is death. Any attempt to understand man's psychology, apart from the fact that man was created to serve and magnify God by means of knowledge, righteousness, holiness, and dominion, is doomed to fail. Whenever man forsakes his calling to be God's man, a covenant keeper, he forsakes life and himself. He denies every fiber of his being and every talent of his nature. For, as wisdom declared, he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Proverbs 8.36